A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your nature. For just as you presented the parts of your bodies as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness for lawlessness, so now present them as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free from righteousness. But what profit did you get then from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit that you have leads to sanctification and its end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Verbum Domini.
Dominus Vobiscum. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father a mother against her daughter, and a daughter against her mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Verbum Domini. A divided family does not sound too good. A religious community or a country that is divided does not sound too good. Depending on why it's divided, it may not be good or it may be good. A family is divided because one is for Jesus, and the rest is against Jesus, that's a good thing. A religious community is divided because some members are wanting to live the gospel of Jesus Christ more faithfully, and the rest is totally against it. That's a good thing. A country is divided because half of the citizens are for life and the rest is against life. That's a good thing. It would not be good if a family is totally united, but united against Jesus and against all of his teachings. It would not be good if a religious community is totally united, but united against living the gospel of Jesus Christ. It would not be good if a country is totally, perfectly united, but united against life. Here, Jesus is the reason why a family or a community or a country is divided. That's a good thing. That's the reason why Jesus comes, like he said, 
I have come to establish division. Division in order to bring light against darkness. Division in order to bring good against evil. Our Lord does not come to establish division just for the sake of division alone. He comes to establish division in order to stir up greater fire, greater zeal for the cause of his kingdom, or greater loyalty to God than any loyalty on earth. I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. A fire that separates the good from the bad, a fire that separates those who observe the will of God from those who reject the will of God, a fire that separates those who accept the teachings of Jesus Christ from those who do not. With this understanding, Jesus comes to establish division. And this kind of division is not only found in families or religious communities or countries, but also within ourselves as well. This division within ourselves. And you know this. I'm just reminding you, I'm reminding myself, when we're not ready to accept the will of God, we have this interior division within us. I want to do my way. I want to do my own thing. I don't want to hear what the will of God is because I want to be at peace with myself. Deep down, I know that's against the Lord. And we will never be at peace with ourselves as long as we avoid accepting the will of God or avoid doing the will of God because our hearts will always be restless. Just like St. Augustine said, our hearts will always be restless until we rest in God and rest in his holy will. <clears throat> we, may, um, we may be artificially at peace. Now, I don't know if you've encountered people who say, oh, I'm peace, I'm at peace. But there is a difference between artificially at peace versus genuine at peace, genuinely at peace. We may be artificially at peace, but we're really faking it. And again, deep down, we know it. Unless we face the truth and embrace the truth and love and live the truth, we're faking it before ourselves and before God himself who can see everything and nothing can be absolutely hidden from him and who is ever ready to pour out his mercy. And I have this, um, well, there's several of them actually in the diary of St. Faustina, this conversation uh, of the merciful God with different kinds of soul, soul who are striving for perfection, soul who are um, perfect, a soul who are uh, despairing and soul 
sinful soul. And there's this one that I, I pull out for this morning is the conversation of the merciful God with a sinful soul. And this interior division, this battle, this struggle uh, within oneself uh, about, you know, leaning towards sins and versus going away from that and going toward God. So there's this, this fear. Uh, sinful soul have this fear to approach God and in fact wanted to run away from God and not willing to talk openly with him. And again, this, this level of fear and wanted to just stay on his own. And here's the, the, the Lord said to the soul, be not afraid of your savior or sinful soul. I make the first move to come to you, for I know that by yourself you are unable to lift yourself to me. Child, do not run away from your father. Be willing to talk openly with your God of mercy who wants to speak words of pardon and lavishes graces on you. How dear your soul is to me. I have inscribed your name upon my hand. You are engraved as a deep wound in my heart. And then the soul responded by telling the Lord, I hear your voice. I hear you calling me back, calling me to turn back from the path of sin. But I have neither the strength nor the courage to do so. And so the Lord uh, responded, to the soul, I am your strength. I will help you in the struggle. Again, this interior struggle. And then the soul eventually recognize God's holiness, but then the soul is afraid. The soul is afraid because of the stain on his soul. And so the Lord had to remind the soul not to be afraid. Do not fear the God of mercy. My holiness does not prevent me from being merciful. Behold, for, for you, for you sinful souls, I have established a throne of mercy on earth, the tabernacle. And from this throne, I desire to enter into your heart I'm not surrounded by a retinue or guards. You can come to me at any moment, at any time. I want to speak with you in desire to grant you grace. And the soul is still, you know, wanting to push the Lord. Lord, I doubt that you will pardon my numerous sins. My misery fills me with fright. And our Lord reminded the soul how uh, greater is his mercy than the soul's sins and those of the entire world. And he said, I, for you I descended from heaven to earth, for you I allowed myself to be nailed to the cross. For you I let my sacred heart be pierced with a lance 
thus opening wide the source of mercy for you. Come then, come with trust to draw graces from this fountain. I never reject a contrite heart. I never reject a contrite heart. Your misery has disappeared in the depths of my mercy. And the soul wants to argue with the Lord back and forth, back and forth, trying to convince the Lord, I'm not worthy, don't, don't save me, don't rescue me. And eventually the Lord said, don't argue with me about your wretchedness. Don't argue with me about your wretchedness. You will give me pleasure if you hand over to me all your troubles and griefs. I shall heap upon you the treasures of my grace. And finally, the soul realized, like I said earlier, you know, unless we rest in God, we will not be at peace. And the soul finally realized, the soul finally allow itself to be conquered by God's infinite love and mercy. So he said, O oh Lord, you have conquered my stony heart with your goodness. In trust and humility, I approach the tribunal of your mercy. This is referring to confession. I approach the tribunal of your mercy where you yourself absolve me by the hand of your representative. O oh Lord, I feel your grace and your peace filling my poor soul. I feel overwhelmed by your mercy, O oh Lord. You forgive me, which is more than I dare to hope for or could imagine. Your goodness surpasses all my desires. Now filled with gratitude for so many graces, I invite you to my heart. Again, finally, finally the, Lord, the soul's been pushing, pushing, pushing God. This division, this interior division, this interior struggle, finally, the soul wants to embrace God, wants to welcome God into his heart. And our Lord said, child, speak no more of your misery. It is already forgotten. Listen to what I desire to tell you. Come close to my wounds and draw from the fountain of life whatever your heart desires. Drink copiously from the fountain of life and you will not weary on your journey. Again, this struggle, this division that's not just in the family, not just in communities, not just in countries, but here in our hearts. And we're going to be constantly struggling, constantly divided. Again, God is not going to give up on us. That's the thing. God will not give up on us. As long as we're here on earth, he will never give up on us because this is the battleground to win our souls. And so he will constantly reach out to us, whether we're perfect soul or whether we're striving to reach perfection or whether we are completely despairing soul or sinful soul, God is always after us. He's always reaching out to us. And he wants, yes, we're experiencing this division within, 
but eventually he wants to bring us to union with him. Not divided, but united with the Lord of mercy, the Lord of love.